0: I was born for his service, he filled me with purpose Take your time time while you worship him him. I'm unplugged from the matrix, believe without seeing. I'm plugged into the faith The Daily Perspective Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective podcast I am your host, Mr. Daily, and alongside with me I have my co-host, Dr. Terence Johnson (laughs) And uh, we are here with episode 7 and uh for those of you that have seen episode six, you'll know you'll notice that I made a bit of a rookie mistake. I introduced it as episode five. <laughs> but um, I realized I realized once it went up there it was episode seven, so uh except episode six, sorry, so my apologies. Some of you might might hit that, turn that off because of thinking you were on the wrong episode, but uh <laughs> nope, episode episode six. So this is episode 7 and before we get into it, Terence, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how about yourself? I'm good, I'm good. So this has been one of the weeks where we haven't, we've caught up, but we haven't caught up like we normally would. So what's what's been happening in your world?
1: Uh, so I mean, it's been some some good things. Uh, we had a collaboration um, with a nonprofit that we finalized. So we did, we created a journal for them for sixth grade students. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that's done. Um, and so we're happy about that. And uh, been getting back into book stuff. So uh, I got some mock ups of some stuff with that as well. So uh so yeah, just just doing that and uh seeing potentially where my next landing spot will be. So
0: Oh okay, okay. So research. Is, the, is the the journey in Nashville almost coming to an end or? Uh well it
1: maybe so. I, I um I have some things in the works, uh, some things I know more about this week. Yeah. Uh, there might be potential, so uh, so yeah, so it, it may be. Uh, we'll see, see how the Lord directs. And <laughs> okay, okay,
0: <laughs> okay. I'm I'm looking forward to hear about that. So yeah, I think it's been a so it's been an interesting week for me since we last caught up. Um, yeah, obviously, I still have uh, I'm I still have my project work um, in my traditional career the, uh, right. that I'm, that, you know, well, the the, the less said about that, <laughs> the, the better. <laughs> okay, then so, moving on. Moving, move, on. moving <laughs> on. But um, <laughs> no, but that's been, that is, that is a, always a busy period when I'm picking up things in that world. But mm-hmm. outside of that, um, similar to you, the book, the book has been on my mind a lot. Um, thinking about the contents of the book, um, also from a you know building up the bigger picture of V Fit. Um, so myself and and Lynette, myself and my wife, we've been side we have started to look at the, the format, the structure um, of our podcast. So getting ready to you know I've been working on the graphics for that and. Um, you know no one should kill me because I'm not a graphic designer I just do what I can do and then when when I can afford to pay someone (laughs) we'll get it revamped and and all of that stuff but you know um we started to look at the graphics for that we started to do uh just started to think about content what that's going to be like and you know we're super excited about that so that's between the book and working on what that's going to shape out to be um, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been an interesting, interesting week. Uh, definitely excited. Uh, and, you know, again, in all that transparency of, of of and and this is what I love about our conversation and mm-hmm. why I wanted to do this podcast. I think yesterday was probably the hardest day of the week for me, mm-hmm. um, and that's more so just. It was one of those days where I, I woke up and I woke up as though I was under a dark cloud. Mm-hmm. There was just just this immediate heaviness and feeling a bit down-spirited, if it, it, you yeah. know, just feeling like, man, mm-hmm. just not, not energized the way that I, I, I normally am. I mean, by the end of the day, it was, it, I'd, I'd worked through the funk, but... Right. Um, yeah, it was yesterday was a tough day now. And, and I noticed, that, you know, we all have moments like that, especially when right. you've spent a number of days doing things that are connected to your purpose. And then you, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, you know that, hey, there's a time period coming where you don't have to step back into your old world before mm-hmm. you step back into your purpose world. And that, I, think that, I think naturally in me, knowing that that time was coming for that shift over to traditional career and then immediately my spirit was like, mm, man, we've got to go do that stuff that we don't like.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so I think I, yesterday was the first time I actually really recognized it in myself that, you know, yeah. um, that, hey, this thing still, it still hits me it still slaps me just, you know, although I'm doing it for a more, for a shorter period of time each week, it's still, Mm -hmm. I still get that same feeling. So yeah, that, that was, that was definitely, that was definitely an interesting thing. So, um, yeah, but that's been my week, but, um, I've been, (laughs) (laughs) I have been super excited about this topic and, Mm. uh, so do you want to because you you decided we were going to do this topic, so I'm going to yeah, let you yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you give, give the people the backstory as to, as to how this came about.
1: Okay, so uh, well, one, before I do that, and I don't know, we'll probably be a setup up. But I think eventually you need to go more in depth about what VFit is, so people would know. Cause I know. Oh, okay. But okay. Okay. Know. Okay. But, but we can <laughs> we can save that for another section. You know. Maybe yeah, yeah, do the promo yeah. At the end of it. Yeah, I'll so, talk uh, about VFit near so yeah. the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, so going to the topic. So we were having a conversation, and I think it was just about purpose. I think that we were just talking about, uh, generally and then I think we got on the topic of what we kind of wanted to do or what we felt like our purpose was in life. And then you were talking about, you know, how you wanted to, you weren't really concerned about attention for yourself, but you wanted to help other people reach their purpose. And then you like, I'm satisfied being a footnote to somebody's purpose. And I was like, what (laughs) you just say (laughs) and i was like say that again you you like a footnote i was like that's it i like i like that i like i never thought about that before but i was like i understand that but i think that's a a totally it's a selfless position to be in to be that for people um and i thought it was unique i just you know, I'm all about titles too. And so we thought, like, look, before we, I like, you might have something for next week. I said, but I, this this is what I got on the ballot. I want to talk about a footnote to something about the purpose. Cause I, I feel like, I feel like it's so many different ways. Well, one, I wanted to see like what angle you had for it. Mm. Uh, but I also have, uh, I thought about another angle too for it. Uh, as far as context, I guess, for day-to-day practice. Because I think it's a it's a vision part of that, but then yeah. I think it's a more practical way to do that too. Because some people might feel like, oh, I, I don't do enough or I'm not gifted enough to really affect somebody's purpose. And so, uh, but it's small things we could each do every day that could fit in that arena or, or fit in that environment. And so... We all have a part to play yeah. in each other's progress and growth. Uh and so I think that's so I'm not gonna go too far into it. I'm gonna see what you got first and then I'm gonna go with my my uh assistance with,
0: okay. <laughs> with the topic
1: <laughs> after you start. But that's the framework of it. That's kind of it, it came from a conversation we had. Yeah, that's where the topic came from. So I'm
0: glad you I'm glad you pointed out something there about there being a vision aspect to it and then the practical day-to-day aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think, and, and this is me personally, so let me talk, I will talk about what I meant when I said a footnote in someone's purpose from my perspective. Okay. I have never set out in life to be a footnote in someone's perspective. So that Mm -hmm. was not my vision. That was not my mission to say that, hey, my purpose is just to help this person achieve their purpose. Mm -hmm. But what I did realize, and I guess this comes from starting to recognize who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and really understand Mm -hmm. my, the character that God put in me and the personality and the sort of person that I am. Mm -hmm. And I I see it in yourself. Mm -hmm. I think people that, that fell into that role of people pleasing. Yep. Our natural, our natural mode of operation is to help people achieve something. Right. We are not happy if someone, if we see that someone is struggling with something. We, you know, I see, I could like, uh, it was a couple of days ago. I saw someone coming out of a lift. Or you guys call that uh, an elevator? (laughs) So I saw someone coming out here, I saw someone coming out. I (laughs) I saw someone coming (laughs) out, and um, this woman was crying, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it just immediately hit me, and I I just I stopped and I, I stopped her and I was like, "Are you okay?" Now she didn't speak any English. And she starts, she just starts to um, say stuff to me in her language mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't communicate with her but I was trying to, you know, get through to her that, you know, are you okay? What can I help in any way? Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't help her. We, the, the, we had that la- but there was that language barrier but she, you know, I could see she was almost home. She was on her way home. So um, um, I just, I stayed a few minutes she seemed like she calmed down and then she, she went on her way. But I, every time I come across people like that, if I come, if I see someone crying, if I see someone hurt, someone lost, someone struggling with something, it does something to me internally. And my natural instinct is to go and try and resolve that. Um, and that's the same in any in everything that I do. If someone tells me an idea about something, my natural response is to see how I can help them. All right. So I started to recognize. Imme- initially, it was abused, and it and I didn't understand it, and I became a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I started, and I found approval. I found, yeah, I found approval in. In you know pleasing people, having people say to me "thank you" or "well done," oh, you're great, you're awesome, and that that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I started to get you know yeah. you get you get you start to get that euphoric feeling from that, and mm-hmm. slowly I I realised that I was just chasing people's praise rather yeah. than um, really doing what I w- I wanted to do. So learning to change that behavior on a day-to-day basis helped me get back in my lane of Mm -hmm. um, I just want to help people. And detaching that from the praise and whatever comes with it allowed me to focus on just helping people. So Mm -hmm. my vision, and my, you know, my globe, my vision for myself, it's, mm-hmm. it's still to, to achieve my goal to help as many people as I can to live a truly satisfied, happy, God centric life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not to go out there. And that's, you know, let me qualify that statement. That's not me saying that I'm going to go out there and try and force people to become Christians or say, or, no, my, what, when I say God centric, the Bible says that God is love. The greatest gift is love. The most, you, can, you can do so many works, but if you have never loved, then it was all worthless. So it's all about love. So when I say God-centric, I mean a love-centric life. I want to express the, the agape love of God to as many people as I can and help as many people as I can and especially couples. And we'll get back to that when we talk about what V fit is about mm-hmm. the day to day side of things. Now that's where the footnote thing came in because when I stopped people pleasing, when I stopped trying to chase people's praise and mm-hmm. realized that, Hey, your gifting is is about helping people get in the right position, then it became about, okay, I, well, I will, I will get in where I fit in and I will do what God has created me to do to help this person. And then I'm gonna keep it moving. It's not, because it's not their purpose or their vision or their goal is not about my praise. It's about, it's about them getting to where they wanna get to. Now that person, I might, I may help them with something as simple as putting a structure or a project plan in place or something like that. And then they go on to be something amazing. That's fine because my purpose, God brought me into their life at a specific time and purpose or a specific time and place to help them achieve a simple purpose and that was for me to, to help them put some structure in place where they didn't have it. And then so that everything else can then fall into place and happen. It's like a domino effect. But I have to be there at, at the right time to knock over my domino so the rest of the dominoes can, can fall over. And that's mm-hmm. the way I saw, you know, no one, no one talks about that domino that was in the middle. You might hear people talk about the first domino that started it all off. And then they talk mm-hmm. about the last domino, that's the big finale piece. But all the, mm-hmm. all the dominoes, all the things that happen in the middle tend to get forgotten. They're the things that you get in the appendices or in the, in, in, they're the footnotes. Mm-hmm. But I am satisfied that being that to someone, I, it doesn't have to be about me. My goal is just to help them Get to where they were supposed to get to, because mm-hmm. that may be the purpose of our interaction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's where it came from for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm. On, I'm on. <laughs> oh, he ready? You know, <laughs> here, here I come. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So one of the things you and we talked about it before about people pleasing, and so one of the things I wrote down is it to operate effectively in the gift of helping uh you have to have a new level of discernment because being being a helper so i'm 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 saying it specifically the way i'm saying it so people pleasing is different from being a helper people pleasing like you were saying before has a lot to do about your approval from other people Yeah, helping is for a specific reason and purpose. And so it's like, it's a more intentional help, not a help. So it's a, it's a boundary to help. I I say that because people pleasing doesn't have boundaries. Mm, And that's part of the reason why we get burned out because we don't have uh, a space to say no, or we, we have a space we don't use that space because we feel guilty if we don't say yes to everything that people want us to do. Um, so when you create the space to help, it then creates the space for people that actually need your help to be to come across your path. So like the lady you were talking about. Yeah. If you were so concerned, if just say for instance, if you had that day Somebody else that had called you earlier, that morning said, like, oh, Dave, I need you to do this. You know, can you help me out do this? Da, 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 da. You probably would have been in that same situation, but you wouldn't have been focused on the lady. You've been focused on doing something for somebody else. They really yeah. didn't need your help. They wanted your help, but they didn't really need it. And you would have missed that opportunity that you had right there to be of assistance. And so I think that's what our lives are kind of centered around we get so caught up in all these to-do lists and people that want, you know, want us to do things for them that we miss the people that actually need us and need the things that we have. And so that was one. Um, So then the other part was you talked about like your, your patterns. And so that's one of the things that goes into how you can effectively help people is once you break your patterns of like approval or being appreciated or validated by people because when you actually seek to help other people uh people might not approve of who you help uh and why you help (laughs) so yeah that's a whole other journey uh so they were like oh well you i'm obviously you helping this way uh, but when I start to operate in the way I should help, everybody might not agree with it because it might be different. But then it might be people that they don't want. They feel they're they deem they're not uh, worthy of help. Hmm. Um, so that's that's another piece. So then the next one, you kind of talked about it uh, as far as like the dominoes. And so what I thought about when you said that was alignment. And so it's like each one of us has a certain space in people's life to kind of help them get to the next step. Yeah. Some of us are at the beginning, some of us at the end, some of us at the middle, but we all play a a role in people's growth. And once we know that, then we understand that we shouldn't seek their uh, congratulations of us being in the, in the position we were supposed to be in anyway, and that's what stops a lot of people from really trying to help more. Is because oh, if I help, they ain't gonna say thank you. Daniel, oh, yeah. last time I helped, they didn't appreciate. So I don't know. And so you have to realize that you're just one piece in a long line of other uh, other people that have been assigned to that person. Yeah. Um, And so, when you look at it that way, it's you don't hold as much weight, but you also are one of many. And I think that's the other thing about helping. We feel like we have to take on so much of the responsibility on our own, and we don't have any help. But if you look at it just like that vision you gave, we're all just a domino in people's life, then... If I just do my piece, then that will still get them to the next person or place or whatever resource. All I had, all my role was is to get them from where they were before me to where they need to be after me. And that's it. Like, and that's, and that's my piece. And so I've done my, what I was supposed to do. I think most people want to say that, oh, I'm all the pieces, <laughs>
0: yeah. And I was responsible for
1: I was responsible for all of it. So it's because of me. This is this is what happened, and it's not it's not that way because yeah. it's, it's not that way in our lives either. Like we didn't get here uh, by ourselves. It was so many little pieces of interaction with people and people that helped us along the way. So yeah. we didn't get here on our own. And so I think that's just another another aspect to look at it.
0: So I I'm taking you right back. I'm I'm like let's 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 rewind this tape. So <laughs> there was something you said that um I wanted to I wanted to explore because you said right. the first word you said was discernment. Uh-huh. So what did you mean when you said discernment? How does discernment come into um is that discerning whether you are trying to help or whether you are seeking approval? Was that, is that what, we're, what we need to be discerning of or do we need to be discerning of the intention of the person that we are, we are trying to help? Um, you know, what angle were you, did you have in mind?
1: Okay, so you can, you can look at it from two different, I guess, uh, two different levels. So one, you can go straight on a spiritual level of the discernment of it is a good thing or a God thing. Okay. And so you can look at it from that. Cause sometimes the they're not the same. Right. They're not, they're not the, same.
0: <laughs> they're not the people same. People get it confused because it may be a good thing. It mm-hmm. may still be a good thing, but it may not be a God thing. And sometimes it is a good thing, but it is also a, well, if it's a God thing, it will also be a good thing. God will not have you do something bad. But sometimes a good thing is not a God
1: thing. Yeah. So, so it ties, so then what you just said, it ties right back into the other piece of it is, if it is, the discernment is, if I do this, will this one be the piece that somebody needs, but then also too, would this help that I'm giving block me from doing something that I would actually need that God really wants me to do. Right. So I could do this and help in helping this area, but is this the way God wants to use my gifts? Uh and most of the time you can start to feel get that discernment. If kind of like how you were talking about earlier, is when you're doing the things that you know you've accustomed to do and you could be good at it and do good in it but your energy it doesn't feel the same it's like it's good thing but it's not fulfilling to me so it's almost like I like food so I'm gonna go to food so it's (laughs) it's almost like you have a you have a meal like it looks nice it's presented nice you know the different Show to have it plated and have the stuff. It looks yeah. nice, but when you eat it's like, mm, that, yeah, I'm still hungry. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. still hungry. <laughs> like, I, I want something else to eat. Like, I got like another entree I can get. You <laughs> know, uh and I think it's the same way when you when you're doing something that you feel is good, you can do it, but it doesn't resonate with you in a mm. in a more beneficial way. So, like, after you do it, it's like, okay, I did that, but I don't feel anything about it. Uh, And versus when you do something, just like with the lady, even though it was a language barrier, it was pieces of that that kind of resonated with you, like, okay, this is something that I felt like I needed to do. Like, okay, I I feel kind of fulfilled in that, even though it didn't work out the way I wanted to, it's like, Okay, that was that was some good. You know that that yeah, resonated yeah. with me. Versus you doing something out of obligation, and I guess that's the discernment too: is your help out of obligation or is it from a servant place? Because the people pleasing can get you in the obli- <laughs> into doing things for for yeah. obligation, yeah, and that you feel that you have to do. And that's not really you helping from your heart, it's more you helping from your head uh, because it's, it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I think that's funny, it's, it's a good point that you make because it's funny, as Christians, we have this notion that because we are Christians, whenever, some, whenever anyone asks us to do something, if it sounds like a good thing, we are Mm -hmm. obligated to do it because it's the Christian thing to do, to do all good things. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're not, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you are not obligated to do every good thing. Not everything that is good is actually good for you. Right. So Mm. you got to know whether that thing, and that is, I completely understand where you were coming from now with that, with the discernment. You have to be able to discern whether this is something that is gonna be nourishing to your spirit, to your growth, to your development, and at the same time, helpful you know, to, to the individual. Because sometimes we may go into situations thinking that we're being helpful. And actually, because it's not where we were supposed to be, because we are out of alignment, that thing that we then go into, we actually create a setback for the individual and also for ourselves because we've walked out of, we've strayed off our path to go into someone else's path. I think when, when the thing is a, when it's a God thing, as you say, the paths will naturally cross. So both Mm -hmm. individuals, both parties will get something out of it. When it's, when it's, when it's out of alignment, it's it's a one-way street. So mm-hmm. we got to. Or it's, it's not even a one-way street. You're trying to you're trying to make two roads that are parallel cross, and never yep. the two shall meet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: so, and and I, and I guess the the other thing I was thinking about too with that, and you were talking about um how your help could actually hinder somebody, you know, at certain points. And your help can become somebody's crutch and you don't want that. Um because then you're not allowing them to stand on their own. So if they know that they can rely on you, you will be that crutch. Yeah. That people lean on all the time. But if you you kinda empower them through the help, then your help is to help them stand, and mm. not to lean on you. Uh, and so, and I, I say it a lot. I, I've said this a lot, but I, because my background is in the helping profession and being a, a therapist and counselor for years, I got to a point where I, I I got tired of helping people that was on the floor. And what I mean by that is like. People that didn't want to get up, yeah. So I was going down and trying to lift them up with what I was doing, um, with the encouragement and everything else. And I was burning myself out. And I said, at this stage <laughs> of my life, I want people at least in a chair. I can help you from <laughs> a chair to stand up, <laughs> yeah. but I I don't want to pick anybody else off the floor. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Now, I, if you're on the floor, I can like you get to the chair. I can I can get you, but If you still standing on the floor, it's too much because it's so much effort to get somebody off the floor to get them at least in a chair.
0: Yeah.
1: But if you can be in a chair, if you've been a situation like, okay, look, I know I got some work to do, but I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying, and I just need some encouragement. I can do that. Yeah. Because that that shows a will and desire. But if you just on the floor and you just laid out and you like, somebody come get me. Like mm -mm, you're gonna have to stand up. You're gonna have to get in this chair. (laughs) Get in this chair first before I can help you from the chair to standing. But get in this chair first, I'm not so that's been my that's kind of been my analogy just for life in general at this stage of my life. Anybody who I come in contact with I want I want that level of kind of growth. Not saying that everybody be at the same level but at least be at a level yeah. where you can stand or you're trying to stand or trying to figure out how to get back to standing instead of just being on the floor
0: yeah no that's 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 good because so much of what so much of what you said um so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back again because okay i will be i've been doing the same thing i've been i've been making notes so, <laughs> so, uh, um, you said people might not approve of who you help. Mm-hmm. I took it one step f- further, um, mm-hmm. because when it's a God thing, people may also not approve of how you help, right? Because we, we tend again, we tend to have our own vision of what we see help as when, um, when you interact with someone, the way that the person receiving the help pictures the help that's that the way they anticipate the help may be different from the way you envision the help.
1: Okay, say it. Say it again. <laughs> I think that was a good. That was good. That was good. That was a good that was a okay. Good
0: so the way the person that is going to receive the help anticipates mm-hmm. the help may not be the same way that you, the giver of the help, envisions the help. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that sometimes people may not approve of, one, there will be outsiders that won't approve of the person you're going to help. Two, Mm -hmm. even the person that you are helping may not approve of the way that you are trying to help because it's not how they anticipated the help. Mm -hmm. But if the two are God centered, if they are, or if it, if the help is ordained by God, they will get the picture. They will get on board. They will understand it. Um, Again, very similar to how we started. We both came into this with two completely different perceptions of how we Mm -hmm. were going to help each other. Mm -hmm. And, what we ended up doing was both pulling each other deeper into our individual purposes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at this, in a weird way, we still fulfilled that help that we were initially thinking it, it, right, was, right, it right. was, fulfilled along the path. Um, mm-hmm. it's just the way that we envisaged it, the way that we both sort of viewed how that help was going to come was not the way that it yeah. came so it 's right. important for people to realize that when it 's a God thing, the way that you think it 's going to happen may not be how it 's going to happen. The other reason um, the other thing that I, that you um, that I scribbled when you were talking I was thinking about how I got to a position where I was able to consider myself. Um, how I made it not about me. And uh, it goes back to something that I've said a long time ago. This was the, the one thing that changed my Christian walk. It changed the way I viewed life. It changed the way I looked at my relationship with my uh, family, with my wife, my children, mm. my friends, anyone that I come into contact with. I, once I understood grace and I learned to take my pride out of everything that I do. Now that's not to say that there won't be moments in life where pride rears its head again because right. I'm only human, but generally right. in, when I deal with someone, I no longer go in there with an expectation of how I want them to respond because mm-hmm. really expectation is one driven by our pride because we believe that we are deserving of something, but by grace, we are deserving in the same way that Christ we are saved by grace. We were not deserving of salvation, but it was given unto us. So therefore, if we are to interact with other people in a graceful manner, we have to be willing to bestow something upon them that they are undeserving of. Mm -hmm. Um, the other part where I say that expectation, that the the pride element of it is we have this view that, Hey, recognize who I am. So when I'm doing something for you, this is how you are supposed to receive it and acknowledge me. Mm -hmm. But again, if we move back to that grace picture, you have to learn to take that ego, that self, that pride out of it and say, I'm going to do this for you because this is my purpose. This is what I was created to do. So whether you receive it, how you're supposed to receive it, or whether you choose to, um, to be disrespectful, I will still give this gift to you because that is what I'm supposed to do. When we get into that position we're able to, to, to do things without ourselves being that focal point, without that people-pleasing element of it creeping into it because we've dealt wow. with the pride and we're operating in a, from a place of grace. Once mm-hmm. we start to operate from a, a place from, of grace, being a footnote and someone else's purpose becomes, it becomes a day-to-day thing for you you will find mm-hmm. out that you are a footnote in hundreds of people's purposes because mm-hmm. you've started to recognize that that doesn't diminish your individual purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The perfect example I have for that, well, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'm, I'll come <laughs> I'll come back to the
1: example that I have for that. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna put a pin in it
0: right now. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Hey, cause I, just, I just had a point as you were talking, so. I was thinking and you were talking about grace. Um, if we look at God, God has the most thankless job ever. Oh yeah. Um, so if we could have half the grace, not even, I don't even say half. If we could have <laughs> 10% of the grace that he has for us towards other people, then I think we could operate like you were saying, yeah. because we think about all the stuff God does for us and keeps us away from and forgives us for and all this different stuff. If we really resonated with that, I think it will make it easier for us to do what you were saying as far as like having more grace towards other people, Yeah. because I think we're blind to we can be blind to all the things that we need God for and for him to overlook <laughs> about us. <Yeah. laughs> so, so like, I think when you don't have a good perspective of yourself, then it's hard for you to have a correct perspective of other people.
0: Yeah.
1: And so if you're, and we talked about it before, like if you have on the pedestal, then how do you relate to people that are what you might consider everyday people? When you are the same as them, uh, even if in your mind you think you're not, but I also thought back to like when I was doing a lot of more active therapy and counseling and seeing a lot of people. That is also a thankless job. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. It, uh, but I, I say that in a good way, and the, the reason I say it is because it teaches you to help with no strings attached. Because I may counsel somebody and may never see them. Right. I may have one interaction with somebody. Maybe I, you know, was there, you know, conduct therapy with them for a year. But after that's done, I have no idea what happens to them after that. Unless randomly, if we Got past cross, you know, at the grocery store or yeah. some random place. I never know because that's that's a part of of the, the the you know the ethics of it. Once it's done, it's it's done. It's not like you call, you know, for yeah. a client like yeah. you, like yeah. like so how like, hey, What going, going on, man? I ain't <laughs> heard from you about two years, come. Come holler at me. You know, Call tonight. me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's not it's not like that. It's like once it's done and it's, and their case is closed, like that's it. Yeah. And so I think it taught me to definitely uh do all I could do for people while they were in my path.
0: Yeah.
1: When that was done, then that was that was done with my assistance for them. And I think that's part of, you know, I think we should be conditioned for thankless help Mm. of doing things that we won't get a thank you for. Yeah. Will we still help if we don't get, like you were saying before, if we do something and we don't get the reaction that we feel like we should get. Yeah. Or we do something and then the people do something totally different than what we think they should do. Like, you should be a priest you should be excited that I did this for you. Yeah, and you're not doing nothing. Like, nothing. So, I think that makes the grace that we have for other people not conditioned on the reaction. Because I think yeah. that's how we condition our grace with people. Like, if you act right, if you act like you appreciate it, then i have some grace for you. But if I yeah, do something, yeah, yeah. you don't know, appreciate it, then I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm through. I'm through with you now because you don't know how to act. <laughs> and that's how we do. But that's yeah. how
0: we do. Yeah, that's, that's true. How we do that people. is how we do. I think, um, do. Uh, I, I'm going to caveat it with one thing. So, we shouldn't get stuck on stupid.
1: Right. Yeah, I um, did too. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, I say that because there are moments. And so when I say that your pride can rear its head again, mm-hmm. I'm speaking from experience. People, I I can go crazy. I, I have this tendency in me <laughs> that I can lose it. I can go a bit, I can go a bit la la, go off the reservation because <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that, um, I don't take kindly to disrespect. I'm very patient, right. I'm very patient with it, but mm-hmm. once I feel someone has disrespected me, I can go from zero to 100 very quickly. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. when I say don't get stuck on stupid, what I mean is if you see that someone is clearly taking advantage of you, right. this is where that discernment piece comes in again know that that can't be God-centered. That is good-centered. And you are just trying to do the, a good thing. But that person isn't trying to reciprocate because they aren't on the same page as you. Don't keep putting yourself in that position where that person will continue to do that because eventually you will snap and you will go from grace-centered to pride center and whoop someone's butt.
1: Yeah. You can put some hands on people. <laughs> yeah. You want put hands on <laughs> <laughs> people.
0: Sitting out there waiting in front of their house at 5am. Oh, I'm going to get him. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 It's, it's you, you have to, you have to recognize when someone is trying to take advantage of you recognize when someone is, is abusing, um, the position that that you are in and, and and just taking taking you and your help for granted that is not how a god centered or god ordained position would play out um, so when i said i had an example of um someone who was a footnote in uh, mm-hmm. someone's purpose i actually have two examples so there's the okay. There is, this one didn't hit me until I'd I'd already sent you my scriptures, which was, so people, my scriptures that I sent to Terence was uh, first Samuel chapter 18, right through to second Samuel chapter one. And that talks about the story of uh, David and Jonathan. And it's the friendship Mm -hmm. between David and Jonathan. And I believe Jonathan was a footnote in uh, David's purpose. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is the only area where it's mentioned, that story is mentioned. Jonathan and David have this chance meeting Mm -hmm. and there is an immediate connection and Mm -hmm. they become best friends to the point where it says they loved each other as though they were brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, And they didn't really get to play out, or we don't get a full Um, historical record of that friendship, but from what we can see, what is documented in the Bible, there is, um, Jonathan's role or the time they spent together was cut short, but there was a point where Jonathan was David's protector from Saul. So it, it appears that Saul, um, Jonathan was brought into David's life to preserve David's life because David had no other means of getting that information that Saul was truly determined to kill him. David knew, but he had no, one, no way of confirming it until mm-hmm. Jonathan goes and he they make this this deal, and Jonathan confirms it that no, my 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 pops is serious. My, my pops is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. So they have this they have this embrace, and that is the last time they see each other again. The next time David hears anything of Jonathan is in uh, Second Samuel. No, I think it's the last chapter of First Samuel where was or is it the first no sorry it's the first chapter of second samuel where he finds out that Mm -hmm. jonathan is dead Mm -hmm. um so it it appears that the purpose of that meeting was for jonathan Mm -hmm. to preserve david's life Mm -hmm. um so that was that was one of the examples um and for anyone this is again this is the, the 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 book of Samuel, the whole thing about King David for me, that is a story that I get lost in and I could read over and over and over again. So anyone that's really interested in it, please go ahead and read that scripture. That scripture is amazing. It's a phenomenal story. You find out so much about David and, and, and why God called David a man after my own heart. Um, the other example that I had was, is, is a New Testament one. And it was John the Baptist. Now, the reason why this one came to me was back to what we said at the beginning. Because if you look at your purpose as purely being a footnote in someone else's purpose, you may actually miss your true purpose. John the Baptist recognized that his purpose was to usher in the Messiah. But... His purpose also meant that he was going to baptize so many people and prepare their hearts for the Messiah. So his purpose was not a small purpose. Yes, it was mm-hmm. a footnote when you think about the bigger picture that, mm-hmm. that he, was, he was there to usher in the Messiah. It was it, it's, it's tiny when you think about what Christ did, but... Mm-hmm. John the Baptist's purpose was a massive, it was a massive thing. It was big. And, um, you know, John played his role to perfection. Mm-hmm. There was no ego in it. There was no pride in it. When Jesus came to him, he said, You know, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. Mm-hmm. So he took himself out of it and And John had disciples. It's not like John didn't have his own disciples. John had disciples before Jesus even had the disciples. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: John was already walking in his purpose. John's ministry was bigger than, no one had heard about Jesus at that point. Mm -hmm. So John knew that he's, but he understood his position. He understood that, Now I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to baptize as I was called to baptize. And then what happens from there, that's for God to do. But I've played my part. I've set, I've got the ball rolling. I've prepared the people I've helped Jesus step into what God has, you know, I've been that gateway to help him move on to what God has brought him into the world to do. Um, so when, when we talk about being a footnote in, in, any, in someone's purpose, it's not about diminishing your own individual purpose. Your, you know, your purpose may still be a very big, big, big thing, but along your journey, the different interactions that you have, the different people that you will connect with, God will ordain those crossed paths, where you will help someone achieve something. And there will be people who will be footnotes in your purpose because they are brought in to support you at a point where you do not have everything that you need to achieve what you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. I saw you writing
1: Terence. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Okay so you you you, uh, <laughs> you you just you just set my whole next phase up. Oof. So all right. So I'm a, I'm going to hit this and then I'm going to go and then connect it. Okay. So you're talking about cuz I had I didn't know you going to talk about John the Babs and jeez I had wrote that down as you were talking. So I was like okay, he going where I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. but The other piece to it was now you're talking about like those connections ordained. You know, if you go back in time, it was already preordained because, you know, when they were in the womb, when their mother's... Oh, yes, yes, yes. So they already knew each other before they knew each other. So they were already in a lineage because they were also kin. You know, they were kinfolk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that what John, John, and that connection was was built before they were born. So then, when they were born, they started walking on their, in a their purpose. Mm. And so it it wasn't difficult for John to then know his role because he knew also who was coming after him. Right. And it wasn't about him; it was about how he was going to continue the lineage. You know, because that lineage had to go all the way, you know, past Jesus and everything else for a particular purpose. So you were talking about also with position. So John knew his position in relation to Jesus. Now in in the in the time period that they were in, it may have seemed like John, people thought that John was the Messiah. Yeah. But he knew his role, he knew his position. And he knew that what he was doing was preparation for Jesus. So he was like, I can't get ahead of myself because if I don't do this, then the path can't be laid for him to do what he needs to do. So I got to pave the way. This is my role. So the scriptures I sent you were like, "Well, I sent you Hebrews eleven chapter. So that's more about the lineage of people who were called by God to do things that weren't for them. Right. So they had purposes that they never got to see. So it brings me to the, the, the point of what if our our purpose is for people we'll never meet.
0: Oh Oh, I like that. I like that. That's that's a very very interesting point. Come on, you can't okay. you can't you, got, you got, don't don't be doing no cliff doing some cliffhanger figures like dun, dun, dun,
1: on the next episode. Okay, okay. so so I'm i it. I'm unpacking it, so,
0: leaving us like some Mexican sitcom.
1: <laughs> so I'm I'm unpacking it. So. We think about current times. So just we just take like Martin Luther King, for example. The dream he had wasn't he he wasn't included in that dream. You know, when he made the I Have a Dream yeah. speech and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What he was talking about was a time period after him. So as he talking, he talking about things that he would never see. But this is the dream that he had. So that dream is the dream we living in now, but he's Ooh. not here, and so that that then puts more context into why our purpose is is important because of the positioning. Because if we don't position ourselves right, then it's our kids and grandchildren and great grandchildren that are then affected by our decisions. Now, yeah, just just you know, going back. Three, four generations or whatever, our ancestors were slaves or in Africa or wherever else. And they made decisions that were for us and they never met us. Yeah. So our ancestors made decisions for us and we don't even really know all of them. We don't know their names. We don't know where they came. You know, we don't know a lot about our history removed because so much have happened to cut us off from it yeah so those people in our lives are footnotes because we don't know them like that we don't know their names we don't know their stores we don't know the sacrifice they had to make but they are the footnotes in our purpose so it's almost like you know and I don't know if y'all have have it too, but you know some people have family Bibles. They put everybody's name on it, the family tree, right. and they have like the big old Bible, just like huge. Uh, so, so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Passed down from
1: generation to generation. Yeah, yeah, like a big big old Bible. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's how we are in our like family lineage. So, it's things that we'll be doing that our names will be added to that book. Mm. But people might not know us by anything but just the name. They're like, oh, that, you know, back in 2020, 10 did this or whatever like that. Oh, okay, he did. But they don't know us. Yeah. But it's things that we're doing now that was for them. Yeah. That's and crazy. We, <laughs> that's, that's, crazy. We, that's
0: crazy that's crazy the reason go I'm gonna let you finish but I'm gonna tell you why I said it's crazy okay, gonna tell you why okay. i you said it's crazy
1: so, okay so so if you look at it from that very macro viewpoint it's a it's a very it's a top-down perspective so it's like if we could zoom out and see ourselves in context of everything else we're a real small speck in it yeah and so whatever we think is so important and so dire right now or just, oh, we so stressed out about it, whatever, it will not matter as much as the years go on. Because it will be a day where we won't be here and people will maybe talk about it, maybe not talk about it. But it were things that we were doing that's very intentional for the people that will come after us. Yeah. And so if we look at it that way, that's how we can be a footnote in the generations to come to set them up to see it. Because if it's certain things that we don't do, they won't see uh, tomorrow yeah. if we don't do right by, you know, I'm not even going to get into climate change and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it <laughs> we, we, we don't take care of our, our home. We won't have one after a while. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then that affects them too. So I'll say that because I know you probably got a a whole other point. So, that's
0: not right. So, what is interesting, and again, this is why I said it's funny how God works. I sent, so Sunday while I was watching the football. And I know your 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 Sunday was was just like mine. We our teams both yeah. got walked, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I knew my Saint.
1: I, I wanted them to win against the Packers, but I, I figured it wasn't gonna happen. So uh, I, I wasn't uh, too disappointed. I wasn't uh, too we, disappointed.
0: we, we I, I was just I was mad. I, I I just kept. I had it on the NFL Red Zone, and I was just like, don't even show me the Washington game. I I don't care anymore. <laughs> so, so whilst the game was on I was, I was actually messing around on my phone and, yeah. off, and um, I can't remember um, wait is he does he play for the Saints um, Matt Gono Matt Gono um, I can't remember I'm sure he plays for. was it the Saints anyway my brother-in-law's surname is Gono so I was like, oh, okay. So I started to look at the, the, the family name to see like, oh, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to see if I could connect some dots. Mm-hmm. Then, I put, then I put my family name in my original family name. So I'm not sure if I told you mm-hmm. about um, seven years ago, I changed my family name. So Daly is actually my dad's f- forename.
1: Oh, um, uh, uh, no, nah, I didn't know that.
0: Oh, right. So I changed. So my family name was Alphalaji. Um, now, I changed it because of stuff that happened. So when you were talking, I was like, oh, because about. I saw, so I, I searched up the original family name. And it's a very, very small number of people that have this family mm. name. So you can trace my original, original family name right back to the root. Mm-hmm. So I text my dad, I sent him the links and said, oh, check this out, really interesting facts. So I, call, I called him or he called me a couple of days later mm-hmm. and then we were having a conversation mm-hmm. he goes, so I said to him, did you get my text?'" And he was like, nah, I haven't seen it. Then he looked and he was like, oh yeah. So he started to break down the history to me. And he was, mm-hmm. he was like, it was your great, grandfather or your great great grandfather sorry that changed the family name so he said do you understand so he said to me do you understand um, about Yoruba names and I was like Mm -hmm. uh no what do you mean so he said so when Yoruba people take on a family name that family name is a statement so he then told me the statement that was the family mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And I am going to try to repeat it because I can't even remember what it was, but he he, yeah. brought, he, he broke it down to me. And basically um, the the statement that bought so at that point when my great grandf- my great great grandfather changed it, there was a different statement and it changed it to another statement. And that statement was, um, we will go, we are greater than, and will go on to do greater things than all of you. That was his Mm -hmm. statement about his family going on from that point forward. So Mm -hmm. the family name was basically a prophecy of what he wanted for his family. So that then became the new lineage. So when you said, you know, what we are doing or our ancestors are footnotes mm-hmm. in, in our mm-hmm. story. I didn't mm-hmm. even know anything about that until now I didn't connect to it. And I'm like, Oh man. So he did that for this. I changed my family name for a reason. And that was to protect my daughters to insulate them from the racial stereotypes and the, um, the uh systemic racism that they would experience because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so the whole story was when um when i'd always experienced this people immediately know knew by seeing my surname that i was of black descent they may not know where Mm -hmm. from but they knew i was of african descent immediately by seeing Mm the name Before, before my wife and I got married, her name was Charles. Her surname was, her family name was Charles. So by the time they looked at her name, they were like, man, you couldn't tell. And we saw the difference in how she was able to get job interviews and, to, and all of those things, whereas all I got was rejection letters. I was just like, nah, we don't want you. <laughs> so, so when we got married we suddenly, and she took on my name, suddenly her opportunities for work fell off a cliff. Then fast forward uh, maybe about 2013, so fast forward six years after we got married, I think. Yeah, six years or so after we got married. no. What am I talking about? That's, I'm way off. 10 years after we got married. Um, I said, I, there was an incident here where um, a guy killed a, an, an uh, uh, off-duty army officer. And then I started getting text messages and phone calls saying, oh, are you related to this guy? Because his surname sounded similar to ours. So I called my dad and I said, look, I'm sick and tired of all this racial profiling and all this stuff that happens. How would you feel if I changed my family name, but I still want to be connected to the family. So I'm going to take your forename as my family name going forward so that your lineage is still my is still connect, I'm still connected to your lineage. Mm-hmm. And he was cool with it. My dad was cool with it. My brother didn't change or anything like that. It was just me, but he, you know, we had a conversation about it he was cool with it. But I made that decision to protect my daughters. Now, funny thing is, I am I'm, I'm going to be the last person with this surname because I don't have any sons. It's mm-hmm. not like I have anyone to carry the name forward. Mm -hmm. Um, they will inherit a new name and their journey will go somewhere else. But but my decision to make this change will be a footnote in their history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how those points come back over and over again. A decision Mm -hmm. that I made is going to be a footnote in their purpose Mm -hmm. because this decision to protect them and to insulate them from racial profiling will open mm-hmm. opportunities that they may never have gotten because they would have been racially profiled and blocked from it, from doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So that that was the connection I made when you when you you were talking about some of that stuff. Nah,
1: nah, that that's a man. That's a story. That's a whole. That's a whole <laughs> movie. Like that's a whole documentary. Like I, this is that's a whole a whole thing. But so it it kind of so and and we haven't had this conversation but i've i've always wanted to really trace my genealogy back all the way Um, yeah i've been doing it off and on for years and even this year before before the pandemic everything shut down i was doing a lot of research uh, about our family history and one of the things so the, the, the thing about the Johnson name in the U.S. is a very common name. Uh, and it's a common black last name yeah. in the U.S. But it's that, it's, that, it's that common because it's two sets of Johnsons. And I think they both kind of came from North Carolina, but then they kind of split into two right and so one section kind of settled around in the air We had like my family well on my mother's side grew up um because actually the <laughs> fun fact about my, my parents uh they 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 were both johnsons before they were married but they weren't relation oh man that's crazy <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a fun fact. So uh, <laughs> so it's a lot of jobs. Just but one of the things for us, my mom's side of the family, they all pretty much lived and grew up in the same area, like, right. over generations. So you know, and I don't know necessarily how things are divided as for as, Like uh, we call them counties here. So, like, you have the state, and then the state has counties. Yeah. You have the cities in the county. So, pretty much my mom's side of the family all grew up in one county, pretty much in the same part of the city. Right. For for like three generations. Right. For the most part. And so, like, where we go to church is not too far from where the house was. And it's like everybody was in that same area. Uh, but I was able to find, like, marriage certificates and death certificates for my great-great-grandfather, I think. Right. Uh, and it had, like, where he was, you know, who was around him when he passed. And so they all kind of, like, passed at home around family. Uh, and so just – so I know one thing. And it's something that I, so I kind of wanted to go on the journey myself as far as my genealogy. On my mom's side, they uh, they have Haitian descent. right? And I've always wanted to go to Haiti uh, to actually see if I could find some of those records. Uh, so, and I know it's, a, and, and we both talked about this, and I really had a strong pull to go to Africa, I've never been, but it's just some, I I feel like it's a trip I need to make. Yeah. Uh, But also it's really trying to, it'll be good to at least by the time I get there to know exactly like, you know, what country like in my African heritage, like where do we come from? Like where's the origin? Yeah. Uh, Because like you said, it's, it's a different feeling when you know kind of where you came from. And have a knowledge about that because yeah. you have a different sense of yourself, but also those people connected to you and what they did and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely so. Yeah, yeah, you got a, you got a whole documentary. Uh, I know. It's just, it's, and it's, it's,
0: the funny thing is, the funny thing is, everyone seems to be just because I know that my roots, both my parents are Nigerian. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that my true genealogy starts and ends in Nigeria mm-hmm. because my my great, 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 great grandparents could have been from Niger. They could have been from Cameroon. They could have been from another West African country. They mm-hmm. may even have been from further afield. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. It's so I, I've, always, I've always wanted to take that journey myself to, to explore a bit deeper and say, right, you know, who, who were my ancestors? How far? So similar to you, I've always wanted to explore a bit further because like you said, and I hate to say this, you, but I do believe it to a certain extent that to know who you truly are you have to truly understand where you came from. That's not to say that you, you do it to, um, to say, oh, now you're going to have this magical light bulb moment of now I know who I, I know what I'm supposed to do, who I am or whatever. When you do it, you do it to understand the struggles. You do it to understand the strength. You do it to understand their ambition to, you know, what sort, of, what sort of people were my people? Um, why, why, was it, why was I fortunate that my family or my, my genealogy were one of the ones that managed to stay in Africa and weren't, what was so different about us that we were fortunate enough to not be sold into slavery? Could it be that somewhere down that line of my history, we were one of the um, we we were one of the the, the the people that sold our brothers into slavery? I don't know, but I would be interested to find out more about my history and why why are we so why were we different? Why were we so fortunate? Why were we so lucky? Um, mm-hmm. It's not to say that I'm looking for any justification. It's not to say I'm looking for any vindication of anything or or any, for me, it's just this exploration of what sort of people were in my family line. Mm -hmm. Where do you have those characteristics been passed down? Do we have people who are resilient, who are strong, who are warriors, who, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Are there there characteristics that I can say, oh right, I can see why my line is like this because Mm -hmm. this is what they passed down. Just going off what my my dad said about my grandfather, I understand a lot more about my dad because he's, sorry, not my grandfather, my great, great, great grandfather. He would have passed down to his son that listen, I want you to believe that you are greater than everyone and you must achieve. And that, that same sense of determination and you know, ambition is something that seems to have been passed down generation to generation to generation. I am, I'm one of these people that I don't go out believing that I am naturally better than everyone else in that sense. But I go out knowing that I can achieve anything I set, to my, set, my, um, set my heart on. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same way I teach my daughters that if you can dream it, then God is giving you everything you need to achieve it. That sense of being able to achieve that, it makes sense now when I, when I connect back to the, to the meaning of my original family name. That is what my great, great, great grandfather believed that we are destined for great things. So that spirit is passed down in all of us that, hey, we can, we can achieve. And I've got another funny story. I, 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 I don't know, I'm conscious of time, I'm conscious of time, so I'm gonna keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> when I was born, my, uh-huh. my grandfather, not my grandfather, sorry, my great grandfather. Um, He was still alive and he, he was old as dude was old as heck. Yeah. But he refused to die until he saw me. So when I was born, um, so we, we still lived in the U my parents still lived in the UK when I was born. And was it, I think it was six weeks after I came out of the hospital. Um, no, no, what am I talking about? It was two weeks after I came out of the hospital. So I was in the hospital for four weeks in an incubator. Then, uh, I believe two weeks after that, my parents took me back. They, they went back to Nigeria. Uh-huh. And they took me to see my dad's grandfather, my great grandfather. Uh-huh. And he saw me, spoke some things over me and then passed away. Uh-huh. And then, um, apparently I'm a spitting image of him. Uh-huh. Um. So obviously Nigerians become very superstitious and, and, and our super, superstition is something that because all black people are from Africa, it's something that we have passed on. We've taken wherever we are in the world. That's our superstitious nature is, has, has followed us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. people were afraid because they were saying, well, what did he speak over this child and then pass? And then, you know, suddenly he passed away. Um, it may have been, I believe it was a blessing. He spoke a blessing over me, and then he felt free to release to give up mm. the ghost, and that was it. Um, some people were like, Oh my gosh, did he try and put his own spirit in the child? Or and I was like, nah, come on, man. <laughs> Chill, yo. <laughs> miss me that's with a, that. I was like,
1: that's miss me we're we're with doing. that
0: mess. <laughs> <laughs> but um but the, the reality of it is that, um, you know, I, I do find it fascinating that people say that I'm a spitting image of it. Mm-hmm. But um, who knows what God spoke to him mm-hmm. about the great grandchild that had been born? Who knows?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's an interesting thing. And this this is someone I know very little about. Mm-hmm again he is a footnote in my purpose Mm -hmm. but there is something about his life that is connected to mine there was a reason why he he didn't die until he had met me held me and gotten to say a blessing over me Mm -hmm. so when we play our position when we understand who we're supposed to be sometimes like you say that f- footnote that we are may be for people that we're not even that will never even remember us
1: mm-hmm.
0: we would just dare to do something at a certain time so that some something we were setting we were setting up the pins to be knocked down 50 60 70 years in the future
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we
0: we have to be comfortable with that
1: yeah and that's the that's the so i'm I'm gonna say this (laughs) yeah i'm yeah I, i i i put the documentary on the ballot is one thing you need to do cuz i i want to hear i want to watch it uh i, I feel like this is a whole documentary i could watch like on netflix or something like that I'm, oh I'm, yeah I'm yeah there. let's
0: let's speak that into existence <laughs>
1: yeah we go we go we go speak that i, I can see that i can see that you yeah. know uh but i did it made me think about this show and i'm always watching out of the show but this is a new one and i saw it on hulu i think it comes it, I think the first season is done with now, I can't remember if it's on ABC, NBC, something like that. But the reruns are on Hulu. Uh, it's called, I just put it up. Uh, Ro- uh, Roots Less Travel. That's the name of it, Roots Less Travel. Right. So they had different families and stuff like that. What they do at the beginning, and they take like an ancestry uh, DNA test, kind of see where, kind of go through, their family history find documents different things that kind of connect some dots uh, and then they go to different sites that their ancestors you know lived or you know resided around or things of that nature so it was just this uh, black family it was the aunt and the nephew that went and i think they came. yeah i think they came to nashville i want to say but um so in the u.s with records the records as you go farther back in time, you can only pretty much go every 10 years by the census. Right. If your ancestors were enslaved after you go past, I think it's a 1920 or 1910, they don't have names. Uh, So they're like initials. And so it's harder to then identify who was where, or the census might have been just at the plantation. So then it's harder to kind of track. But if your ancestors were free, they will exist. They probably can exist all the way back to like 1880 or 1860 or something like that, if they were free. And so one of the things they found out about their family is that their slave owner gave them freedom because they were such good, like the father, grandfather, whatever, like that, was so diligent in his work, that he was about, the plantation was about to die. He then willed the house and the land to the slave and gave them their freedom, which was unheard of. Like, right. that doesn't happen. Uh, and then he actually had a son. So he didn't, he didn't will- Oh, the, wow. Yeah, yeah, he had a wow. son. Wow. But he, he didn't give it. He, I think he gave the son something else, but the main house and all the land was given to this man, this, this former slave, and like his family. And the brother, they kind of contested, they had to go to court and then it went all the way to like the court in Nashville or something and they granted that. They were saying, like even though he was viewed as slave, they viewed him as a person. And so he had the he had the right to have the land and stuff. So they actually took them to the land. So they actually got to see, they're like, because they're like, well, like, this is your ancestor's land. Like, this is the land that they were wow. And they got, and they were like, can we take stuff from it?' So they got like jars and put like dirt and grass and stuff. Of the land to take back with them home so I could tell like they this stuff and I thought that was a real cool moment where you could actually go back to the place where like your ancestors were yeah. like they were raised and they came from and all that kind of stuff so it's a good it's a it's a good um, good episode and I think it's like thirty minutes long, but it's yeah, it's cool. I think it's like the sixth episode. I want to say I don't know. Don't quote me on it, but you know, <laughs> if, if you if you if you roll through and you see the black people, you know that's. <laughs> 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 it's like the, i to check are- that out.
0: I'll <laughs> check that out. So, so listen. Hey, oh, yeah. Oh, we have uh, we have rolled through this episode quicker than I thought we were gonna. I, I, and yeah. there was there was so much more to be said, but yeah. being diligent <laughs> and being <laughs> being being true to 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 keep into time because that's we ain't trying to do mm-hmm. no black people time. <laughs> so, we, time, yeah.
1: time. time.
0: <laughs> so we, we we're gonna keep it keep it. Keep it on track. Um, but mm-hmm. before we before we kind of sign this off, you, you asked me. You said I should I should uh, talk about VFit. Um, mm-hmm. So um, VFit is a vision that we had, and f- funny enough, when we started to think about VFit, VFit was so. For people that know me personally, you will know that uh, how many years ago well for me it's been about six seven again it's been about six seven year journey of going from uh being uh an omnivore to Mm -hmm. a pure vegan diet i've been on a pure pure vegan diet for probably about two and a half three years now um Mm -hmm. it's again massive transformational change uh definitely a lot of clarity for me um now I do not have an issue with anyone that eats meat. That's your prerogative. I'm talking about what works for me, what was personally good for my own personal health and my own personal journey. But so the V and V-fit comes from that. Originally, when we started to think about V-fit, it's centered around our love for fitness and exercise and nutrition. Um, and it still does to a certain extent. But VFit was an organization we, were, we started to think about when we, we realized there was something missing about personal fitness. Everyone either focused on nutrition or some, were foc- some people focused on nutrition. I'd say the majority, the masses focused on fitness, on physical activity. But everyone knows the saying that abs are made in the kitchen. So we know that there's a nutritional side to it. Um, we wanted to give people that view of, well, firstly, we can help you with the fitness because I'm a certified personal trainer. My wife is a certified personal trainer. So we can help you with the fitness, but that is not our primary focus. We are, our focus is about creating holistic well-being. Um, especially for couples. Um, the more we talk and talk about what we want V-Fit to be, we realized that our calling, our purpose as a couple is to help other couples. Again, people that don't know about my marriage history, I was married at the age of 23. My wife was 22. Um, a lot of people thought it was a shotgun wedding. People, people were there waiting to see a baby, uh, um, like, oh, she's going to be pregnant. That's what people, even one of my aunts pulled me to the side and said to me, are you marrying her because she's pregnant? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. So um, that, but I got married young and we went through a massive learning curve. We, I mean, within the first year of marriage, we were already thinking about should we call this quits because this were not what we, this ain't what I signed up for? So, right, but then right. we we had to make that decision about growing together and taking those key steps to learn and develop. So, we invested a lot of time in um, reading books about marriage, not just from a Christian perspective, but from any perspective we could get. We read books about sex. We read books about um, communication. We basically educated ourselves on every angle that we felt we needed to know to have a healthy marriage. So when the nutritional change came for me, naturally, I spoke to my wife about it and then. We talked to our children about it and we all shifted together. When, the, when we developed a passion for fitness, again, we trained together. So everything we do as a couple, we do together. That's not to say we don't have our individual interests and everything, but right. at the core of it, the strength of our marriage is in the unity. So fit was create, was born out of that. And the, the, the vision for VFIT is to see healthier marriages, healthier relationships, healthier couples, not just from a, um, from an interpersonal. And this is kind of where the whole, the book comes from, uh, the book on, uh, biblical marriage. Um, but that's my book that I'm working on. That's part of the whole package. But, The book is a part of it. We're we're hoping to do seminars and we're going to be hoping, uh, by God's grace, we will be working with iProgress to pull together um, seminars about relationships and couples therapy and all those kind of things. Um, But in a new and dynamic way, we want to introduce cooking segments that teach people that want to take a new uh, go on a vegan journey how to do so and maybe it's about introducing vegan recipes into your life as a couple because doing it individually is a very difficult thing when you live with someone that is still an omnivore and you're a vegan it is a very very difficult thing to do so even if you just want to reduce the amount of meat and things that you do, or you just want to experience healthier eating together as a couple. That's one of the things we want to try and help people with. Um, and then the other part is about spiritual connect. Um, how do I want to put it? Spiritual health, spiritual fitness. So V fit is about physical fitness through nutrition and diet, mental fitness from, um, looking working with people like uh, Terence over and i progress to help you develop um mental well-being um our podcast is centered um so uh our, our new podcast I'm, I'm gonna plug it right now it's called free kids later. <laughs> it's called free kids later so um <laughs> and it's basically talking about so we've been together we've, we've been together over 20 years we are free kids Three kids later, how have we kept the magic alive? You know, is there still magic? Um, mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert: yeah, there is. So, but uh, but, <laughs> but but the um, but you know, the the reality of it is, is you know, we want to talk about um, mental well-being in relationships because we can do a lot of damage to each other mentally. So we want to talk about how you, how you stay so connected and you have that communication working to deal with that. And then finally, we're also available to help people with their fit, physical fitness as a couple. And that's an area we're still refining and working on, but we'll be coming up with programs and things like that to help people with their physical fitness and, and stuff like that. So that's the fit as a whole. There are different components to where different components will come at different times. Right now, the first part we we're focusing on is that relationship and well-being um, for people in terms of um, via the podcast. So, yeah, that's that—that's be fit in a nutshell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, aren't y'all glad that I asked him to go through that? did y'all want to hear that? I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Oh, man. So, Terrence, (laughs) Terrence, Terrence, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Tell the people what you got coming up in the next few months uh, via progress.
1: Um, And personally. Okay. So, we are uh, about 90% done. We are almost ready to launch these classes. Um, And so, uh, we will do one about healthy relationships uh that'll be done by my business partner uh dr bailey and then i'll be doing two i'm trying i may do three but it's one about jumpstart your life uh, so it's basically what you need to do to kind of start making changes in your life and then one will be called deconstruct your life where we look at your patterns that's holding you back, like what are the limiting beliefs you have around your abilities, your visions for things, uh, the desires you want, and even, you know, for us career-wide, how did you get here? And how do you deconstruct those things to get the lessons you need to prepare for the future? So um, that's, that's, so those things I'm excited about. Um, We are looking to do some other collaborations uh, with some organizations, so uh, hopefully by the end of this week, I will have some kind of announcement. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. That could be very, very uh, beneficial for us. It could be a, 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 like a, a capstone kind of collaboration for the business. Definitely could be a big thing for us. Uh, we'll so see. I know more about that this week. Also, I am getting into the next phase with the book. I have a lot of ideas um, that now I can do it the way I want to. So the way I explain it, it uh, is the dream journey, which yeah. will be comprised of five separate mini books. Um, but it will be what I term a multi-sensory experience. Mm. So it won't just be words, but it'll be things that you can listen to, things you can watch, things you can actively do. Uh, that will help you prepare for the whole journey of taking your dream from an idea to manifestation and what that looks like in real time, but doing it in a narrative way. So it's more of a story instead of just me talking about figures and what this research said about this and this theory, whatever. Yeah. Like that. It's real practical about what did this journey look like? Doing the very thing you feel called led to do and what's the challenges and how you can hold yourself back at certain points uh, because of your own you know fear or disbelief or lack of confidence or just all different things that kind of come up from internally uh, that could be barriers for you so um, i'm working on that and hopefully you know and then I keep pushing it back, but I'm pushing it back because I'm trying to get everything together. But then I will have my own podcast soon, uh, and it'll be more interview style. So I'll be interviewing people about, you know, them overcoming different situation challenges in their life, how they're giving back to their community, with some positive thing. I think that's something in my beard. Is that something fluid? I'm like, what is-? Yeah, that will be so, here. <laughs> <laughs> <random>, sorry <laughs> That's random, sorry uh so uh i am working on that i kind of have some guests lined up already but i wanted to be people that really could inspire other people yeah that you can really hear their story and say like man that happened to them when they had this situation happen, but they still went through it with a positive, you know attitude and then they're looking to help People that have been in similar situations, so I'm looking to do it in a season format. So probably about eight episodes in the first season, but it'll be the theme would be overcoming or overcomers. So people that have had real life situations happen and how they overcame yeah. them, and then the lesson that they got from it. So, so that's that's me. Okay, uh, okay. See, <laughs> see, you you had a lot to tell
0: the people. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Come there. there's a lot of exciting stuff. So um yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited about all the stuff you've got going on as well. And um I can't wait to hear uh what the announcement will be.
1: yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can I can probably tell you
1: I'll camera. Yeah, okay, that. okay. okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um so let's give the people a little something on how to connect with us. So uh tell the people how to get in touch with you, um where they can connect with you at
1: okay uh, the best way to reach me is at our main email address info at iprogresscc.com or you can go to our website www.iprogress.cc um we are doing some uh renovations to the site so if you look at it now it will look a little different hopefully in another week with with submitting changes now that our web design is doing corresponding to the next things we have uh, coming up uh and then like i said every monday and thursday please check us out on uh at our Progress cc on facebook we go live every monday and thursday at 12 uh central standard time so I know, depending on where you're listening to this from, you know, you might be in a different time zone. Yeah. So, but that's when we go live. I know David wow. catches them a, a, a lot, and we have good conversation. If you like these conversations that me and David have, we have just add two or three people. 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's kind of like that's what it is. So, uh, we have a good time on there. Uh, we just have fun, but in a way that's informative, insightful. And, you know, empowering the people about real life situations and about purpose in life and anything else that we pretty much go through. We try and bring it into a format where we get different perspectives on uh, how we can be better people. So I uh, definitely do that. Uh, yeah, those are those are. the Better ways to, to, to contact us, um, and then it should be something on our website shortly. If people want to do life excavation sessions with me, I had one last week. That was really well. Uh, it's, uh, somebody that's a that's an artist, so we'll kind of talk nice. about his art and how to uh, brand rebrand. Himself as the artist uh, and his work, and so that's, that was that was good. So if you need excavation, hit, I, I am available for time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling. I'm just yeah, starting yeah. dead off the ground, but it is it is starting. So I'm enjoying it. It's, it's definitely something I'm, I'm real uh, excited about, and it's uh, I just like people getting to where they want to get to. So I, yeah.
0: I'll pass it, pass it to you. Okay. So as usual, people, you can connect with me, um, via, what well, the most prominent thing for me is Instagram. So at DY on Instagram, um, you can send me messages, whatever. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at DY um, on Twitter as well. Uh, you can connect with, you can go visit the Facebook page. So www.facebook.com dot com forward slash daily perspective uh, you can hit the blog www.dailyperspective.co.uk um and also obviously if you're watching this on youtube um, and i forgot to shout, shout out the youtube family so shout out to the youtube <laughs> family <laughs> yeah uh, but if you're watching this on youtube obviously it's www.youtube.com forward slash daily perspective um you've got the usual anchor spotify apple podcast google podcast breaker Pocket Casts, um wow. basically all those platforms the, the the podcast is live on and we are going live on many 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 more uh, we're going to keep coming up coming to you wherever we can um and that's about it really um i want to thank everyone for listening to this episode uh we are truly, truly enjoying bringing you these um, conversations, these sessions. We really hope that you they are beneficial to you. We really hope that people are getting things out of them because we certainly get stuff out of each conversation. Um, yep. As I've said it on numerous occasions, we, we talk outside of this, but when we get on camera, when we get um, in front of the microphones and we start talking, we still learn stuff from each other. Um, So Mm -hmm. we love what we're bringing to you. Uh, We're gonna continue to keep bringing these to you. Um, And we, you know, we are grateful that you you choose to spend your your time with us and you choose to continue joining us. So we appreciate that. So I'm gonna wrap this up as we normally do by uh, reminding you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God you are not will not and never will be perfect but that's okay god loves you and wants you to come just as you are his grace covers all live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself be renewed by the grace of god through christ jesus and become who you were created to be and with that i am mr daily signing off and uh
1: johnson
0: (laughs) there he is there he is Dr. Johnson, (laughs) y'all. And Yeah, so we are signing off and uh, we wish you all the best. Stay safe. The pandemic is real. It's still out there. Um, You know, our thoughts are with everyone uh, that is suffering from the pandemic, those who have lost their lives and all of those, our thoughts are with their families. Please, please, people, uh, wash your hands regularly wear your mask be as safe as possible um, and with that being said we will catch you on uh, the next episode peace all right